And this is uh, Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. And I want you to catch that because this is, this is revolutionary because in this culture, uh, women would have had to submit to any man, any male. And the Apostle Paul is actually bringing a new revolution of value to women. And he's saying, you don't just have to submit to men, only to your husbands. This is actually liberating. It's not bondage. As you do the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, and Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Or Paul could have said it, you're smart if you love your wife because it's good for you. <laughs> it's good for you. So I want to talk tonight. Uh, this is important if you're married and it's important if you're single and want to ever get married. Okay, so for you who are not married yet, don't check out. You, you really need this talk because it's going to help you. But I want to talk tonight about God's perfect plan for imperfect marriages. God's perfect plan for imperfect marriages. Uh, if you are perfect, tonight is not for you, okay? So uh, that, the Bible's not for you. The Bible is only for broken people that know they need a savior, okay? So if you're perfect tonight, I have nothing for you and City Light has nothing to offer you. But if you know that you need some grace, and you know that you need some help from up above, well then this word is full of that and uh, tonight's message is gonna help people. This is God's perfect plan for imperfect people, imperfect relationships, imperfect marriages. And it's really gonna help you. Now I need to just set one thing, set a little ground rule first, okay? All the men, as I'm preaching tonight, don't you dare start praying for your wife. Lord, talk to her, Jesus. She needs this word, Jesus. Lord, you know the woman you gave me, Jesus. Help her, Jesus. Don't do that. And ladies, I'm asking every elbow to go in your holster right now. No elbows tonight. No knocking of the knees. No, <clears throat> nothing. Okay, you stay in your seat tonight in Jesus' name. Because tonight is not about your spouse. Tonight's about you. Yeah, the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you tonight. And trust that God's going to talk to your spouse as well, okay? So uh, we're going to pray. Everyone's going to pray out loud. But if you're married and your spouse is here, catch their hand. Hold their hand. Let's pray together. Everyone out loud say, Holy Spirit, speak to me tonight. I'm wide open. Whatever you want to say, I want to hear it. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen and amen. So... Uh, I find this line to be very funny in wedding vows, for better or for worse. I think it's funny because I don't think we believe it. Uh, I did a wedding yesterday. My wife and I were up in Mammoth uh, doing a wedding, and it's beautiful. We're on a lake, and the mountains are there, and birds are chirping, and deer are deering, and I don't know what deer do. And squirrels are squirreling, and it was just beautiful. And the bride comes down, she's radiant, and the husband's there, the groom, he's just so choked up. And, 
and, and, and we're repeating the vows and they're so good. And I say for better or for worse. And they kind of wink at each other like, we get it. No one else gets it. We'll never have a worse. We're going from better to better to best to best to best to best, living our best life because our parents don't get it and our friends don't get it and this idiot pastor doesn't get it, but we get it. It's just going to be so good. And so we say for better or worse, but we don't really believe it. We don't, we don't really think that we're going to have challenging seasons, unexpected seasons, um, moments in our marriage that are going to be challenged, but in reality, it is. I honestly, I've said this a million times. I really believe that's why so many people get a divorce. They get a divorce because they just weren't ready for the work. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like they just didn't know it was going to be, they just thought it was just going to happen. They just thought it was going to work without work. But nothing good in life is going to happen without hard work. Nothing, nothing you want in your life. Nothing you're dreaming about, nothing you desire, nothing you want for your future is just going to happen including marriage. And so God has a perfect plan for imperfect marriages. And God has a word for your marriage today. And I will tell you, I'm going to speak in generalities. There, there are exceptions. Um, there, there may be situations that are, that are bigger than today, but this is for the everyday marriage to work and to move forward. And I really do believe that it's going to help a lot of people. And, and I want you to open your heart to it. Here's, here's the first part of God's perfect plan. Number one, submit to one another. Submit to one another. Now, I don't know if that sounds like a big deal to you or not, but if you've been raised in church, you probably never even read verse 21. Because you always thought it started at verse 22, right? It's like the scripture, it's the only scripture men know in church. <laughs> woman, I don't know where it is, but I know the Bible says something about you submitting. You need to submit, woman. I'm the man of this house, woman. You need to submit. That's all they know. We don't know anything else. We just know what's in there somewhere. Well, in reality, verse 22 hinges on verse 21. Verse 21 is the foundation of the marriage. And then the expression of verse 21 is wives submit to husbands, husbands love wives. But that only works within the context, within the foundation of submitting to one another. Now, this is an amazing statement today, but it was really amazing 2,000 years ago when women were seen as less than. They were the bottom of the food chain. They were the bottom of humanity. Any male would have had more rights and more privilege. Any male of any nation, of any skin color, any, any male would have been treated with, with more respect than women. And now Paul comes on the scene. This is revolutionary. You will never see statements like this in literature from this time period. And he said, men, you're going to submit to your wives. And wives are going to submit to your husbands. You're going to be equally submitted. Yeah. See, when you said, I do, you gave up me and mine for us and ours. <laughs> You chose that the marriage is more important than your preference. And some of you are going, I didn't know I did that. Well, you did. <laughs> this doesn't mean you lose your individuality. It does not mean you should be a doormat. It does not mean you should put up with abuse. But it does mean you've agreed to a new way of living. And you've agreed that us is more important than I so submitting to one another means making decisions together. 
It means praying together. It means communicating clearly. It means expressing concerns. It means trusting each other. It means we're in this together and us is more important than me. And the marriage is more important than my preference. Wow. A healthy marriage is looking for ways to go low. To go low. Did, did you catch that word submission? Submission. Like a submarine. That, 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 that boat that goes under the water in the same way as a married couple, we must be submitted. In other words, we must go below the mission and the mission is the marriage. So I'm humbling myself and I'm going lower than personal preference and I'm submitting to the mission that is the marriage. My marriage and my spouse now take first place above me and now I am no longer fighting for what's mine. I'm fighting for what's ours. And I've learned this in marriage that if I'm winning, we're losing. I can tell we've got a lot of single people in here because you're like, oh, this guy's an idiot. This will never be us. It's going to be you. So you better listen to this old man up here. All the married people said amen. amen. I'm looking for what? I am not trying to win. I want us to win. And sometimes us winning means me losing. <laughs> There's been many times in our marriage where I have had to submit to Shannon's feelings and there are times where she's had to submit to my feelings for the sake of a more healthy relationship. Um, never forget this. You don't have to be wrong to repent. Isn't that what Jesus did? Didn't Jesus become guilty? Didn't Jesus become wrong? Yeah. And sometimes you just have to take the L, eat the humble pie, and go, I could fight right now and win, or I could humble myself, go on a long walk, go hit the gym, cool off, go soak in the hot tub. I don't have one. Go to your neighbors. <laughs> and and take, take the L for the sake of the bigger win. Because I don't need to win every argument. And I don't need to be right every time. But we, we have this, this altar that, that, that we're willing to sacrifice our marriage for right. Homie, it ain't going to work, bro. <laughs> Sis, it ain't going to work. If you don't want this to work, it's going to take humility. Again, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about being a doormat. But I am talking about it is, it is not your job every day to wake up and win. <laughs> it's your job to wake up every day. And wives, honor your husband. And husband, love your wife. And sometimes that means you taking the low road, which is really the high road of humility. And by the way, when, when your spouse tells you how they feel, don't come back at them with how you feel. Yeah? Man, I just feel like when you do, well, yeah, well, you. Right? Yeah, but. Yeah, but will kick your marriage's butt. Yeah, but. Yo, you didn't take out the trash. Yeah, but. It's about the trash. This isn't about whatever, like. But you forgot our anniversary nine years ago. It's about the trash. It's not me. Don't worry. I'm good about that. I just, like, don't, yeah, but just go, you're right. I'm going to be humble right now. I don't need to fight it right now. I'm going to be humble. See, 
Like ladies, especially, if your husband is courageous enough to talk, because we don't like to talk, right? When, it, when, when, when you ask how our day was, we go, good. That's all we got. When we ask how your day was, you go, well, it all kind of started last night when um, I was reading a new book and I just really felt like the Lord was talking to me through the shack and I was just really having a moment. Like, I was just asking about work. I didn't know we were talking about the shack. I don't know how we got here. Right? So if, we're, if we get the courage enough to talk to you, you got to listen to us. I'm going to give you a statement that's going to change your life. Here we go. Every time you punish your spouse for being honest, you're teaching them to be silent. Don't punish them for being honest. If, if, if I know that my honesty is a doorway to a fight, I'll stop being honest. If Shannon knows that every time she's honest, it's just going to mean blows. And she's going to eventually stop talking. And you're going to have a silent marriage. And a silent marriage is a cold marriage. And a cold marriage is a dying marriage. And a dying marriage will die. So you cannot punish your spouse for being bold enough to share concerns, desires, dreams, hopes, convictions, desires for you, desires for the future. You, you, You have to allow them to be honest. Submit to one another. Number two, keep Christ at the center. Keep Christ at the center of your marriage. Submitting to one another, verse 21, out of reverence for Christ. So here's how Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, a threefold cord is not easily broken. You gotta bring Jesus into your marriage, y'all. Through worship, through the word, through prayer, through the, the Holy Spirit temperature of your home. You, you've got to keep Christ in your relationship. See, what Jesus is, the Bible calls him the mediator. Jesus is that middleman. And your marriage is gonna need a mediator and sometimes it's gonna need a counselor. But every day it's gonna need a mediator and that mediator is Jesus. And he is that threefold cord in between you and your, wife, and your spouse that keeps you together. If you'll keep Christ at the center of your marriage, it's gonna be really hard to get a divorce. It's gonna be really hard. Because Jesus is into unifying families, not separating families. Jesus is into restoration, not giving up. Jesus is into bringing people together, not separating people. So if you'll bring Christ in, and for some of you, your marriage is literally just a couple of prayers away. Some of your marriage, it's a three-day fast away. Like seriously, just getting alone with God and say, Holy Spirit, I need you back in this marriage because I cannot do this without you. And you just bring Christ back into it. And if you, and if you're dumb enough to think that you can be married 10 years, 20 years, 30 years without those kind of moments, you are so naive because there's going to be days in your marriage after five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, where you're going to have to get alone with God and say, Holy Spirit, I need you to reawaken a fire within us. I need that threefold cord. We cannot do this without you. We need that fire to continue to burn and we need it to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, keep Christ at the center. Paul says submission to each other is possible if Christ is at the center. Can I get an amen? Amen. So you gotta bring Jesus in. And by the way, we have to learn from the first marriage's breakdown. 
Who's our first marriage? Adam and Eve. Now, they didn't divorce, but they had a massive breakdown. So think about what happened. And I want to show you Eve's issue. And Eve's issue is a lot of women's issues. Okay, so here we go, ladies. Get ready. I'm speaking in stereotypes, so relax. And I'm speaking in generality, so relax. But I am probably talking to you more than you want to admit. Eve's issue, Eve's problem was independence. Because the future is female, and I'm strong and awesome. And you are, and you can have babies, and that's incredible, and we respect you. And it's like, dang, and you are so strong, but, and you're smart, and you're amazing, and, and you, you, can, you can do anything we can do. I mean, you're un- unbelievable, but your issue will be independence. Just hear me out here. I got one guy that was like, that's good. <laughs> he was all scared. <laughs> totally not married. No, Mike, it's Mike. He's not married. Mike can say that for a few more months. He's like, preach. <laughs> Come February, you won't be saying that anymore. So <laughs> Eve, you just get married in February. So, but keep saying amen for right now. EJ, help me out too. Because all the married men are too scared to say anything. All the married men in the front row are like, Satan comes and he gives Eve a piece of fruit and he goes, hey, why don't you eat this? When Eve got the fruit, here here was the independence. Why didn't she go, hey, babe, yo, Adam, what, uh, I just got this from the enemy. I'm thinking this isn't good. I'm thinking I've, I've gotten into a situation here too deep. Because the Bible said she looked at the fruit and saw that it was good for food. She didn't know it was good for food. It could have tasted like, it could have tasted rotten. She didn't know what it tasted like. She, she thought to herself it was good for food. In other words, she's now having this conversation, imagination, feelings, emotions, thoughts. Why didn't she go to her husband and go, babe, I'm thinking things, feeling things struggling with things. Can you help me? Why didn't she go, hey God, Yahweh, can I get some help? I just got into a situation that's a little too deep for me. She, she didn't go to her husband and she didn't go to her God. So she ended up having a conversation with someone that did not love her. And for Eve, it was a snake. But for some of you ladies, it's a Friday night having cosmos with the girls, talking about how all men are pigs and they don't get it. And, and before you know it, you're processing over drinks with girlfriends that don't like men who are mad at their husbands and you're mad at your husband. And now you're processing fruit that you should never be holding in the first place. And you're having conversations with people that really don't love you and really don't know you and definitely don't know him. Because how many know there's your story, there's his story, and there's the truth? (laughs) But now they're empowering a lie you're believing, speaking on behalf of a man that cannot defend himself. 
I'm telling the truth. I'm shaming the devil. The devil's mother-in-law hates me right now, but I'm letting the truth be known. Why didn't she, why didn't she share her concerns with her man, with her God? All right, but let me talk to the boys. Because here was Adam's problem, apathy. Eve, Eve was independent, but Adam was apathetic. So Eve takes a bite of the fruit, but notice God did not judge man until Adam ate. Because it was on Adam. And when, God, when Eve gave the, the, the fruit to Adam, he was apathetic. He was sitting on his lazy boy watching ESPN, Eden Sports Broadcasting Network. Um, I tried it four times in a row and every time that joke went, died in the moat of dead jokes. But I had to commit to all four. Everyone on YouTube, I know you're laughing and I love you and that's why I love you. And, and she hands him the fruit and you know what he does? He just eats. Where was, where was the Holy Spirit energy to go, where'd you get this? Who you been talking to? Here's what he should have done. He should have grabbed the fruit and went, hey God, can you hold this? And then he should have pulled out his sword and went snake hunting. And he should have driven that serpent out of that garden. But he was apathetic. Because see, Genesis 2 tells us that it was Adam's job to subdue and conquer the earth. Literally to take Eden, which was a small geographical place, and take it to the whole world. But he got apathetic. And guys, I know you're tired. I know you're working 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours a week. I know you got a lot. I know you're carrying a lot. I know you're learning how to be a husband and a father and a businessman. And you're carrying all these different things. And I know the last thing you want to do is go home and lead. But there is no other option. And you have to lean on the Holy Spirit and reject apathy. And sometimes it's just pulling into the house and going, okay, I'm going to turn it on right now. And I'm going to be there and I'm going to be present. And that happens for us. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. I'm going to be dead dog tired. And I'm taking Goldie to neighbors because that's what we do on Mondays. It's a restaurant. We're going to eat pancakes. In Jesus' name. And they're going to be awesome. And I'm going to engage, and I'm going to be so tired. And I'm going to pray to God she asked for the TV, and now I'm going to give her the phone. <laughs> Come on, somebody, because I'm tired. Oh, too real, too real, too real. Okay, okay. And I'm going to engage with her. Be, be, because I can't, well, I preach four times, I'm tired of it. I got to turn it on. And then I'm going to work. And I'm going to work Tuesday, and then Wednesday I'm going to go preach in Tennessee, and I'm going to come home Thursday morning, and I'm going to pull up to the house, and I'm going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to pull out my suitcase, I'm going to walk in that house, dad's up, ah! and I'm going to be so tired. <laughs> but she's not going to know it, because I don't get to be apathetic. I, I, I know this isn't easy. But this is God's perfect plan for marriage. Adam got apathetic, and he allowed the enemy into his heart, mind, and home. 
And guys, eventually you're just going to have to take a stand as the head of the house and lead. Number three. Y'all getting something out of this? Number three. Someone needs to initiate. Someone needs to initiate. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husband, love your wives. Verse 22 and 25. And in most Christian homes, we're in a standoff. And husbands are going, I'll love you when you submit. And wives are going, I'll submit when you love me. And we end up with very cold marriages that we've backed up with Scripture because we found Scripture to back up our jacked up. Because the Holy Spirit is going to justify sin. But what we do is we'll find a Scripture to go, well, if you just... Well, I would submit if you love me like Christ loved the church. <laughs> well, I'd be better to you if you'd submit. And we end up hanging on scriptures and we take them out of context to, to justify how we treat our spouse when the scripture should crucify our flesh. Welcome to City Light Church. <laughs> You're like, I missed a football game for this? Yes. This is good for you. Someone's got to initiate. Here, here, here's what I mean. There, there are days that I know, there are seasons that I know Shannon is just carrying a lot. She's the lead pastor of this church. She's a, a CEO of her own business. She's a mama. She's got a lot going on. And there are seasons where it's just on her. And in those seasons, I have to go, okay, I'm going to initiate and I'm going to love her, and I'm going to encourage her, and I'm going to be her cheerleader, and I'm going to support her, and I'm going to clap for her, I'm going to shout for her, and I'm going to be there for her because in, in this moment, she cannot initiate, and that's okay. And then there's other seasons where I'm working hard, I'm traveling, I'm busy, I got a lot going on, I'm carrying the load of the church, I'm, I'm trying to get vision and hear from heaven, and we've got new campuses, and we're doing new things, we're trying to expand, and, and, I'm just feel, and, and in those moments, she has to initiate. And you have to be humble enough to feel the temperature of your home and go, okay, I'm, I'm not going to wait in the corner and suck my thumb yeah. and talk about how mean they are. I'm going to initiate. We're going on a date this week. I got a babysitter. It's happening. And we are having sex after. <laughs> so don't eat too much. Well, let's take that one out of the tape. <laughs> Angelo, Angelo's falling off the chair. Jesus. Well, I would have. <laughs> oh, Jesus, have mercy on us. So you just got to initiate. Stop waiting around and initiate. Uh. Let's start with husband, love your wives. Check this out. Men, the love your wife needs will usually be counterintuitive. So it's not the love you've defined for her. It's the love she defines. In other words, how does she feel loved? She needs to define that, and it will usually be counterintuitive to you because you're a dude, she's a girl, and it's going to be different. So you have to become a student of your wife. Oh, it's going to be a good night in your house if you'll do this. Baby, teach me how to love you. 
tell me what you need from me. Well, you're going to lose with that? Come on, somebody. That's a good night. (laughs) Tell me your favorite color again. I just want to make sure I remember. What can I do for you? What's your love language? All five? I'll do all five. What you need, girl? Just become a student of your wife. And and, And ladies, you may not be able even to express, well, yeah, it's this, this, and this. For some of you, it might even be, and guys, you need to be ready for this because your wife might come back and go, I don't really know what it is to feel loved, but I know what I feel when when I don't feel loved. When you say that, I don't feel loved. When you talk like that, I don't feel safe. When you act like that, I feel distant from you. And so, fellas, don't ask if you're not ready for a straight answer. Because I think, guys, we want to ask the question, you know, what do you need from us? And, and we want our wives to go, oh, baby, you're doing so good. You're the best. You're the man of my dreams. Yeah, yeah, thanks, girl. Thanks, thanks. I know, I know. No, you need to be ready for it. You're going to ask a straight question. You're going to get some straight answers. But <laughs> Nadia goes, I'm writing a list all day. You've got you've to ask. You've got to learn. You've got to seek understanding. Come on, somebody. Okay, listen to this, guys. Security is a woman's mega need. Dr. Jimmy Evans, who's a a marriage therapist, says security is a woman's mega need. It's her foundation need, the the need to feel secure and safe. Um, She needs to feel safe around other women. You don't... You don't not say anything about her and then walk into a public space and see a friend and go, whoa, girl, you look so good. I love that new hairdo. And you didn't say anything about your wife. You're done, bro. You're done. And homie, she may never say anything, but you're done. When you're walking down the mall and a beautiful woman walks by, you don't. Oh, hey, hey, hey. You don't do that. You know what you do? You keep walking. Just keep your head up. And guess what? Because you saw her and your wife saw her. Trust me, your wife saw her 20 seconds before you saw her. (laughs) It's the truth. And you just keep walking. And about five seconds later, your wife goes, you see her? Baby, I didn't see nothing but you, girl. Work it. I'm here for you. What you want from this mall. I got you. But she knows you saw. But you're keeping her safe. You're keeping her secure. And she goes, oh, you stupid. (laughs) And you you make her feel safe. Tell me the truth. Fellas, uh, about finances. Let me tell you how to alienate your wife. You, you start walking around talking about my money. I make the money around here. I'm the breadwinner. This is my money. I can, do what, I can do what I want with my money. No, you can't. Because we've agreed to submit to each other. And your money is our money. And it is so crazy how your flesh, the moment you start making more than your spouse, men or women, you want to remind your spouse who makes more. Don't do it. Because the moment you do that, the moment you create your money from their money, you create separation. Guys, you don't get to spend your money how you want, but then your wife has to check in to spend your money. 
Trust me, that is way more her money than your money. <laughs> so don't do that. Don't, don't, talk, don't, well, yeah, well, I can buy these because it's my money. It's not yours. But then she's got to check in. No. Oh. You, you, you have to, you know what I got my wife for her birthday? I got her a platinum Amex card. That's what I got her. She opened that birthday card, a platinum credit card. I said, girl, whatever you want. It's all yours anyway. She bought chairs and rugs and <laughs> stools. <laughs> Jesus. It's all hers. It's not mine. I don't make the money around here. No. It's her money. Because it's ours. Because the moment I do that, the moment it becomes is the moment I alienate her from leadership in the household. I'm helping you. With friendships. Guys, if, if, if your wife feels a weird way about a dude, don't hang out with him. Yeah, but that's my boy. We've been boys since high school. That's my boy. It's over. Because she knows he's a creep and you know he's a creep. <laughs> so just stop hanging out with him. Because she doesn't, she doesn't like him around the house. She doesn't like him around you. She doesn't like him around the kids. She doesn't like his influence in the family. He is not, I promise you, he is not worth the marriage. Somebody. Okay. All right. Well, ladies, you said amen, but now it's your turn. It's going to get quiet because men are too scared to say amen. Mike, I'm going to need you. Okay. <laughs> None of the men are going to say men. They're just going to stare at me like, I love you, dog. I love you. I'm going to start tithing. I promise, dog. I got you. You're my pastor, bro. Here we go. Respect is a man's mega need. Respect. Not sex. Respect. So let me tell you, ladies, for some of you, let me tell Now, for some of you, your guy just needs help and I just helped him. But, but for some of you, let me tell you the reason your guy walks around talking about his money and his bank account and how he can do what he wants to do because he feels so disrespected. So he's got he's to try to bow up around the house like he's the boss. Listen, he did not marry his mother. He married a wife. And the moment you try to mother him is the moment he's gonna fight back. He doesn't need a mama. He's got a mama. And you're not his mama. <sighs> he needs respect. And so a lot of the reasons, a lot of the, the base reasons that a guy will start talking like that and start getting big and bad about his money or his stuff or, is because he's actually just trying to have some form of respect in the house. It's wrong, but it's actually born from a place of a need for respect. A need to be honored. A need to be the leader. Because God put that in us. God put it in us to subdue, to take over, to conquer, to be a great nation. God put that in us. We, we can't deny, that's in us. Um, that, a lot of our need for sex actually comes from a need for honor. So yes, we need sex. And I know you don't get it. And frankly, we don't get it. <laughs> don't know why we want it all the time. I don't know why. I don't know. We don't know. We're guys. We don't know why. We just do. 
We're not animals. We're not perverts. We're not crazy. We're just males and we just, okay? And so don't judge me. So, but uh, Luke's got his cover like, but see, when, when you're first married, especially for like young Christian couples, like you're just happy to have sex. <laughs> but, <laughs> but once you've been around a while in the marriage, ladies, your, your man actually wants to know you want to have sex. Like he wants to know you're kind of into it. So when he gives you that look, He doesn't want you to go, "Ah, okay, um, well, okay, mm, great, babe. He doesn't want that. Because eventually we get mature enough that we actually want, we want to know that you're interested. By the the way, ladies, for married ladies, single ladies, cover yours real quick. Uh, You know, someone actually did. I'm kidding. You usually don't want to have sex till you're having sex. But once you get into it, you're like, this ain't bad. All right. (laughs) So your kids should be in kids' church right now. I'm telling you what. And so my point is, show some interest. I'm helping marry people right now. Show some interest because your guy just wants to know that you're kind of interested. That you're just somewhat into him. Because we have that need. I don't know where, I don't. I can't explain it. I'm just telling you it's real. So a man's need for respect, catch this, usually looks like this, a desire for encouragement, sex, and the tone of voice. Tone of voice. Okay, ladies, ladies, please hear me out. Hear me. It's not about what you say to him. It's how you say it. We just don't want to be talked down to. We don't want to be mothered. I got a mama, and she mothers me to this day. I am 35, 36 in a, in a week, and that woman talks to me like I am four years old, but she's my mama, but I, but I don't want that from anybody else. <laughs> I, the, the moment your tone turns that way, we shut down. Um, about 99% of the men in this room have probably said this to, the, to your wife. You said something like this. Girl, if a man just talked to me like you talked to me, we'd be going to blows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had so many guys this morning like, dog, how'd you know? How'd you know? <laughs> it's the tone. Say whatever you need to say. But it's that when you start talking down and getting frustrated and start we, we just shut down. We just do. Because we have this innate desire to be honored. And so whenever the tone turns that way, it's hard for us to hear anything you're saying. Um, encouragement. We just need a little encouragement. Like a great encouragement today would be you get in the car, you're driving home today from church, and you just grab your husband's arm and go, I just love that we go to church. Thank you for taking the family to church. Thank you for making this a priority. You're awesome. It's a big deal. Not, everyone, not everyone's making this a priority. We seem to be in church almost every, almost every week. This is amazing. Thank you. 
Thanks for taking that step. Thank you for leading this family. That's all we need. Girl, we will ride on that compliment for a week. We'll be driving like, yeah, you know, I mean, it is football season, but yeah, I made it. Like, God first, God number one, Jesus. You know what I'm saying, girl? I'm here for you, girl. And we just, we will float into our house. All a guy needs is a little pat on the butt. That's all we need. We're like that 15-year-old basketball player. We just need to just, hey, all right, all right, we're doing it. We vacuum. It looks worse than before, but just, good job, babe. No, thanks, babe. Where's the cat? I think I sucked him up. I don't know where he went, but I tried. I tried. Uh, just encur- we just need a little encouragement. That's all we need. That's all we need. I'm telling you, today, because I said this this morning, literally we walked in the house today, and as I'm walking into the house from the garage, got that little slap. I turned around. Shannon went, good job. I'm telling you, the whole lunch. No, 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 nothing, nothing. <laughs> Relax. The whole lunch. I mean, El Pollo Loco like this. Was it really good? <laughs> I'm like a two-year-old, just like Goldie trying to dance, you know, just like, ah, daddy, watch me. I'm just like so hyped. I just need a little slap on the butt. <laughs> Ladies were pretty simple. And encourage us for the things that, yeah, we know we need to do it, but encourage us for them anyway. Well, he should take out the dress. I know. But show some love. Well, he should help around this. I know. But encourage him when he does. That's what honor looks like. Honor doesn't look like some weird male chauvinistic thing. It just looks like we seen a little encouragement. That's all it is, a little pat on the back. Okay, here's my last point. Keys can come. You have the right, hear me married people, you have the right to say anything you need to say to your spouse. But who is the enforcer? You or the Holy Spirit? We'll say that one more time. You have the right to say anything you need to say to your spouse, male, female. But who's the enforcer? Who's, who's gonna enforce this thing? Because if you try to enforce it in your own strength, man, it's always gonna be bad. But if you will let the Holy Spirit enforce it. So here's what you do. In humility, love, and honor, you communicate to your spouse. And then you go to the secret place with Almighty God and say, Holy Spirit, help us. And you trust the Holy Spirit to be the enforcer. I refuse to be the enforcer in this relationship because that will never lead down a good path. So I'm gonna trust the Spirit of God to do what I cannot do. Say what you need to say. Be open, be honest, keep communicating, keep talking. But trust the Holy Spirit to be the enforcer, not you. And that is God's perfect plan for imperfect people, imperfect relationships, and imperfect marriages. I want want you to consider, husbands, what is God speaking to you today? I want you to consider, wives, what is God speaking to you today? What would the Lord be telling you? Not for your spouse, but for you. Where where can you, even as I'm preaching, I'm going, okay, Lord, what do you have for me? Where do I need to work? What do I need to work on? What do I need to do? What do I need to... I'm telling you, the Lord will talk to you because the Lord Jesus 
is 100% committed to your marriage being successful. Say amen to that, everybody. Amen. In Jesus' name. You get anything out of tonight? Come on, clap your hands. Let's praise the Lord. If you are married, can you uh, catch your spouse's hand one more time? If you're uh, not with your spouse or not married, just let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every marriage. And I declare what God has joined together, let no man separate. I'm praying for the grace, the courage, and the faith to take these next steps to see our marriages get stronger and stronger. I'm praying in the name of the Lord Jesus for humility and forgiveness to flow. And I'm praying for every hopeless spouse in this room who just feels like there is no way. God, even right now, would you infuse us with hope by the Holy Spirit. And I'm praying if there is a way, make it, make it absolutely clear and help them to see it. even if the process is long and difficult ahead. Give them the grace to take their next steps. I'm praying for strength in every marriage. And I'm praying that you would absolutely bless every household in Jesus' name.